The bishops of Florida are meeting in Tallahassee with the governor and legislators this week. The Ministries of Mercy invites you to meet a priest who beat Bobby Flay. And what makes a fair wage? These topics and more coming up next. Welcome to A View from the Top with Bishop Gregory Parks. Bishop of the Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is a candid and hopeful conversation on current events that affect our church, our community, and our country. Now, here's Bishop Parks and the General Manager of Spirit FM, John Morris. Bishop, a lot going on here in the news cycle lately. I know that you're going to be going to Tallahassee in the coming days, or as this airs, you will probably have just come from that. It's Catholic Days at the Capitol. Share with our listeners a little bit about what the Catholic Church does when it comes to legislation and uh, activities in Tallahassee, especially this week. Yeah, John, um, and, and first of all, it's good to be with you again and, and with our listeners. As you said, this week we'll be heading up to Tallahassee for our annual Catholic Days at the Capitol. It's an opportunity for us as Catholics to really let our voice be heard and specifically to meet with our legislators regarding issues that are important to Catholics and things that we want to try to promote and make sure that we get on the agenda. It's always a great opportunity, again, for a Catholic presence in our state capital. You know, the Catholic Church is, is very large, and we should have a large voice, but it's not always heard. We do know that it's very effective when we can actually meet with those that we put into office, those whom we elect, to make sure they understand uh, what we believe to be important. You know, things, for example, advocating for life, and specifically here in Florida, we've, we've had some success recently with capital punishment. Right. It's always something that we're advocating against, and we've made some progress there, but there's still more work to be done things of that nature, things to, to do with uh, fair wage laws and initiatives, uh, affordable housing, anything where somebody's rights, according to our gospel, would be compromised or at risk. The church wants to be there to try to advocate uh, on their behalf. I know that there's uh, one thing that's in the legislature right now. It's a bill having to do with parental notification and um, parental consent, I believe, for minors having abortions. In some situations, someone under the age of, I think, or over the age of 16 or under 18, something of that nature, you could go get a tattoo, a piercing, but you got to have consent. But for an abortion, uh, at least right now, as I understand it, that's not part of the law, and they're trying to change that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that that's just almost inconceivable <laughs> that, that a minor uh, would be able to procure or, or get an abortion uh, without the consent or knowledge of their parent or, or guardian. As you said, there's so many things that require that today, even in school, you know, for them to give medication Aspen, of right? some kind, <laughs> just the basic things, they, they require parental consent and notification to do that. How much more when it comes to, to human life, you know? So um, that is troubling, and that is something that uh, I'm sure will come up during our discussions. Something else that was troubling that was in the news recently was the attack on the mosque down in New Zealand. I heard about an attack, a stabbing or something up in Montreal. The, the safety of going to church. I've noticed at some parishes here in our own diocese that there'll be a patrol car out front. And usually that's a knee-jerk reaction of something that happened recently. It's got to be safe to go to church. Does the diocese have any standards that they put out, or, or is that something that the home office here at the pastoral centers looked at? Yeah, I think this is something we, we've talked about before, is um, trying to, to make sure that when people come to, to, to worship, 
when they do come to church, come to Mass on the weekends or even during the week, uh, that they're safe. Now, we have to recognize that the church is really what we would call a a soft target, right? So it doesn't have very, very intense or obvious security measures in place. We have encouraged our pastors and provided opportunities for them to receive training on making sure that our worship spaces are as secure as they can be. And of course, uh, so much of it is just being aware. As you often hear, if you see something, say something. But many of our parishes do have off-duty security present on the weekends. And um, of course, that extends to our schools as well during the week. So uh, we're doing what we can, uh, but if unless we're going to lock our doors yeah, and screen do. every person that comes in like they do at the airport, right. it, it's going to be tough. I know that like for my parish, for example, the ushers have a training every few months just to kind of, uh, as the new people come in, you kind of keep an eye on um, what to look for. Not so not so much necessarily for weapons and that kind of thing, although you do want to keep an eye out for that. But what happens if a, a parishioner, and it's happened a few times at my parish, goes down, has a health scare? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's always frightening for the family. They don't want to be disruptive to the mass. They don't want to stop things but they have to tend to them in a respectful fashion. Yeah, and that, that would be a, a very responsible thing to do would be for parishes to go over those uh, protocols or procedures. When something unusual happens, either during the liturgy, somebody gets ill, or even I've been in, unfortunately, been in a mass uh, not too long ago uh, with the bishops where somebody actually came up to the altar during mass. Uh, somebody came in from the outside and went up into the sanctuary area, not to do any harm, but they wanted to make a point. That protester. And, uh, yeah, the kind of a protester. Okay. So, But those are the types of things we just have to be aware of and, um, and know what we should do when they occur. Child Abuse Prevention Month is in April. You and I have had many conversations about the church and its involvement with the scandal, but things happen not only in the church. It happens at home. It happens in schools. It's important for parents to educate and and let their children know in an appropriate way what to keep an eye out for because it's not just the church. That's very true, Um, and and it is an unfortunate reality uh, in our country, in our world today. You know, children are are very vulnerable. They can be very trusting. But a lot of the abuse also, John, takes place within the home, you know, and that's just an unfortunate thing. So a month like like April is an opportunity for us to, to sit down with our kids and to let them know what's appropriate. Should they ever experience anything that doesn't feel right or it doesn't seem right, uh, that they should be able to come to their parents or to their guardian to let them know and to talk about it or to, to a teacher and also to, to look for visible signs of abuse as well and to make the appropriate reporting should something like that happen. I was with a uh, couple of couples over the weekend and we were having our social time and, and sitting by the fire and just talking about issues that we've come up. And th- that subject specifically came up. We were talking about actually the Michael Jackson situation and how people in authority, whether it be rock stars or whether it be the local sports figure or the baseball coach or whoever it might be, can manipulate things. And certainly the vast, vast majority don't do that. But it's something that parents need to be reminded of to keep an eye on your child and and, and be cautious when it comes to sleepovers and that kind of thing. Can't be too careful with those types of things. And 
And also, you know, I'm always amazed, you know, you hear stories. I heard something recently where parents left their child in a park. You hear the, you know, parents leaving children, particularly infants in cars. And you just, or leaving them at home and going out uh, for a social evening or something. It's just hard to imagine how that could happen. Uh, But we hear about these, these terrible things that happen and, Again, so a month to focus on prevention and to raise the issue is certainly a good thing. To turn the subject to something a little more pleasant, baseball season is here. A spring flows eternal, and our Rays (laughs) and our Yankees and whoever team you particularly root for, it's a start uh, of due promise. How do you think the Rays will do this year? Tell you what, I'm I'm always, uh, as you know, a very hopeful person, very positive person. So I always at the beginning of the season have a lot of hope for whatever teams I root for, whether that's the uh, the Buccaneers or for the Seminoles, <laughs> right. for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in this case. And boy, if they can approach what they did last year and even exceed that, it should be a great season for them. Unfortunately, John, you know, they're, they're in a tough division with the, yeah, with the Yankees. Yankees and the Red Sox. And, right, right. Uh, so that that's kind of a challenge that they have to face each year but but look at our lightning you know the Tampa Bay Lightning are having a great season and hopefully that'll come to an even better end uh, with the Stanley Cup and you know you have to always have good have good wishes and good hopes for the team one of the things that the Rays have to battle is payroll they don't they're not a big market team like some of these others and over the last couple of weeks I've seen these baseball players sign these hundreds of millions of dollars contract and I think to myself wow, they're getting paid to play a game that they've devoted their life to, and I get that, and they've made a lot of sacrifices. But so have our teachers, so have our first responders, so have a lot of people that aren't even going to approach that kind of thing. What does the church say on fair and just pay? Yeah, so, you know, as you mentioned, those very large contracts that have been signed by some well-known players over the last few weeks, not going to say they're not deserving of that. The market determines, uh, and good for them for trying to get sure. as much money as they can. Uh, that that's uh, a result of their good play and and their performance. But as a society and as people of faith, we have to recognize that there are those who are not making what would be considered a just or living wage, even, and just struggle to to meet the bare necessities of life. This is particularly true here in our diocese, here in the Diocese of St. Petersburg. While obviously we're, we have many blessings and there's a lot of prosperity here, we also recognize uh, because of the service industries that exist in an area like Tampa, St. Petersburg, there's going to be lower wages. And because of that, you know, housing, which is very uh, high, the cost of it here in our area becomes difficult to afford. So the church would always advocate for just wage and hopefully for a living wage for those individuals. We've only got a couple of minutes left that I don't want to be remiss on talking about the Catholic Charities event that's going to happen at the Columbia Restaurant, benefiting Ministries of Mercy here in our own diocese. And a good friend of yours, Father Leo Paddlinghug, is coming to be the guest speaker. He sure is. Uh, Father Leo, some of your our listeners may know, is also known as the Cooking Priest. <laughs> he has a show on uh, EWTN, a regular show that airs on there. And boy, he spends most of his time traveling around the country giving missions, talks, retreats, 
uh, cooking demonstrations, but he, he relates everything to our faith. He's Filipino, you know, in terms of his, his background, his right. family's background. And if, um, if you know anything about the, the Filipinos, they love to eat. Right. <laughs> and that uh, food and celebration and table fellowship is, is very much a part of their life and their family time. And that's kind of the message that he promotes and brings. Uh, this will be the second time he's actually visited here in our diocese. He was here about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. As I said, we're classmates. So we, we studied together right. in Rome. And always joke because as tall as I am, he's a, a little bit on the high challenge side. So we, you guys each take the bell curve. We, <laughs> You're on one end, he's on the other. We make an interesting pair when we're together. So, But look forward to having him here in the diocese. And, and really need to emphasize that that benefits the Ministries of Mercy here in the diocese, which helps feed and helps clothe and shelter many of our people here in the diocese. Yeah, it sure does. And uh, again, there is so much need out there. And so to bring in uh, somebody like Father Leo, paddling hug to here to help with uh, those uh, ministries uh, will be a great blessing for us. And hopefully we'll produce a lot of resources uh, to assist with all the needs out there. As we get ready to close, I want to remind our listeners, you can buy your ticket to that event by going to CC dosp.org that's catholic charities ccdosp.org to find out more about how you can get uh, your ticket to that event bishop could you close with a blessing for our listeners and a prayer that we uh, continue faithful through our Lenten season god our father as we continue our lenten journey toward easter we ask for an outpouring of your spirit spirit of hope spirit of patience spirit of strength We ask that you strengthen us in our Lenten observances and commitments that we may prepare our hearts and our souls well to celebrate the joy of our Lord's resurrection. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more with Bishop Parks, including past programs, his social media accounts, and ways to subscribe to this podcast, visit dosp.org slash bishop. A View from the Top is a production of Spirit FM 90.5 and the Communications Office of the Catholic Diocese of St. Petersburg. A View from the Top is made possible by the annual Pastoral Appeal and listeners like you. Thank you for your support.